Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by Strava Craft Coffee. Remember to use promo code DNVR25. You'll get 25% off your entire purchase of that CBD infused, deliciously rich, and potentially life altering Strava Craft Coffee. I'm your host, Drew Creaseman. I'm the managing editor of DNVR Rockies. With me, as always, is beat writer Patrick Lyons. And on this episode, we will get into the Colorado Rockies 12 to 3 drubbing of the Los Angeles Angels at Anaheim, California, and probably, not probably, I'm taking a quick, their most emphatic road win of the season there. We'll get into all of that, but we've got to begin with news. We've we've got news, uh, Patrick, as it's been since we've been able to open this show with uh, pretty much breaking news, but it is being reported out there uh, first by, uh, I'm going to say the last name is again, one of those names I read all the time, so you're going to correct me, Mark Feinstein? Mark Feinsand, you, you're right there. You're the okay. fine part, Mark Feinsand. Okay. Yeah, Feinstein. New York-based uh, writer for MLB.com. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, first reported by Mark, our good friend, longtime friend, Mark F. We love Mark F. Good, good Mark F. Guy. Uh, that the Rockies have traded Michael Givens to uh, the Cincinnati Reds. Later, being more or less confirmed here by uh, Thomas Harding, who tweeted out that um, per source. When the deal of Michael Gibbons to Reds is done, the Rockies will reacquire right-handed pitcher Case Williams, their fourth-round pick from last year. He went to Cincinnati with uh, Jeff Hoffman in the deal that brought Robert Stevenson and Jamison Hanna to the Colorado Rockies. So this is like a multi-prong. So really the Rockies have traded Michael Gibbons, which was really – Taryn Vavra and Drew. Uh, if you uh, do this, it's not. It's going to look actually be, a lot worse for Colorado, unfortunately. It, but gonna, you're right. That is a way of looking yeah. at it, and you get it. You know, it's you know breaking all this down. You know, in a vacuum, it's it's so hard to do these things right now. The bottom line is Michael Givens is on an expiring contract. Get what you can get for him, and sure, maybe it's it's less than you might like as a fan. But they got something for ultimately what was going to be nothing for them in the off season. You right. go back a couple steps and you, you look at the, you know, the off season trade with, you know, ultimately uh, Jeff Hoffman for Robert Stevenson with the packages involved there. And you go back even further and you look at the 2020 trade deadline, were they in it? Were they not? Were they really, you know, were, were they make believe or were they, were they legitimately in the hunt? And they, they went out and acquired Kevin uh, Pilar and, and Michael Givens. And you say, well, let's take kind of all those things in together. And you look at the, the trade tree. Yeah, you know, maybe it's it's not better than it originally was. But I'm not going to – I'm not actually going to fault the Rockies because they went after it at, in 2020. And that's something that, you know, the, the, the club and any club gets criticized for when they're close. Sure, you would like for – uh, your team or whoever they are to maybe do a better job at different times and say, no, now's the time you go for it. Now's the time you don't. Now's the time you trade off. Overall, say, you know what? They they thought they had something there in 2020 to, to go for it. So I'm going to give them a thumbs up. They make the deal with the Reds in the offseason. They get back Case Williams now. Yeah, maybe it's a net loss. I, I think in each individual instance, they did 
what they could and and ultimately probably what they should have. So uh, I, I'm okay with it if you look at it in the bigger picture. Yeah, you know? it's hard. What I was building up it's hard. for the math there, uh, as as Will points out, and you did leave one name out, but but it basically comes down to Jeff Hoffman, Tyler Nevin, and Taron Vavra are out of your organization. Robert Stevenson, Jamison Hanna, and Case Williams is now back in your organization. Now, of course, you, you kind of send them out to, to make it work or whatever, but that's at the end of the day what you end up with. And for me, I'm like, I agree with you. Each one of those, you, you kind of go, well, in hindsight, shouldn't have tried to buy at 2020. That didn't help you. But you understood right. when they were just a couple of games out why they thought that they could. I'm not going to fault them, right? You can't. You They're doing what a lot of other fan bases and you say, hey, go for it. Well, they, maybe they probably shouldn't have. But at the same time, you, you again, I, I couldn't necessarily fault them for doing it. I was a little surprised, but... Hey, good on you. Go for it. There was an extra wild card um, that was at stake. So it's sure, it right. very well like a, a, a decent gamble, right? For a much shorter period of time. It wasn't like you're acquiring at the trade deadline and you need the next two months to go well. It was only you needed a month. So I'm right. ultimately I'm okay with that. And and the the words that I heard at the time, the, the Rockies organization had soured a bit on Tyler Nevin. Uh, he was a guy that needed to be on the 40-man roster and um, I'd heard from, from some on the inside that they actually weren't going to protect him. Uh, it doesn't necessarily mean he would have been on the 40 man roster. He, he could have just been, uh, languishing away in, in, in Albuquerque, you know, don't know. So really it maybe was more of, of just Taryn Vavra was what they had to give up in, in that deal. And the Jacob Wallace in the Kevin Pilar, Pilar trade there. But like I said, I mean, I, I'm actually, you know, not that I, I care, not that I'm trying to defend or not defend when I take a step back and I just look at it uh, as an evaluator, they went for it and it wasn't the worst idea in the world. It, it, it made sense. And I, and I'm okay with that. Even if in the bigger picture, maybe they shouldn't have, right. Right. Good and, on you for trying. And, and you know, it's funny. The first, the top comment that I saw under Mark F's uh, original <laughs> report was from a, a Cincinnati Reds fan saying, Oh man, we're messing up the rebuild to try to, fix our bullpen so that we can just miss the playoffs again this year. And I was like, they might be, I don't know. They might, they might make a run. They might go for it, but they got to, you know, figure out a way to pass both Dodgers and the Padres or one, I not both. I one of the, at least the two of those two teams to get that. It's, it's going to be an uphill battle for the red. So it's always, but like you said on their side, but can, can you really fault them for, for going for it? The other thing that I do want to say as we're doing all the math here is I don't know. I don't, I'd be surprised if, if like a bunch more names were coming through in this deal of the Rockies got like more people. Yeah. We don't, we don't know for sure that it's totally complete the way Thomas has phrased this. He said as part of the deal. So that's okay. I, but you know, we'll, we'll, we'll keep our eyes on that and see if anything else actually does come through. But at the end of the day, you know, if case Williams, and it sounds like he is somebody they've, you know, always had interested in and we're, you know, not super stoked about having to move on from him to make that other deal work. Happy to get him back. If it turns out, you know, he's a, he's a good player for you. Jamison Hanna, you know, has looked like he may turn out to be a really solid player for you. So I, you know, obviously all these players have different evaluations at, at specs or whatever as trade pieces, but then you've also got to look at the other part of it of what do they actually end up producing? And so we'll, you know, we'll keep our eyes on that. Because ultimately, that's what you're going for anyway. So, 
And we won't know with a lot of these guys for a while. We know Jeff Hoffman didn't produce for the Rockies, and that's one of those hard things to get. Even if he produces a ton for the Reds, you know, there are people – it's not like you can say, well, wish I had him back. Look at what he's doing now. Like, that's one of those ones we go, hmm. Uh, Nevin and Vavra, keep our eyes on. If those guys end up having really, really solid careers, it makes this whole thing look that much worse. If they end up being fine, you know, eh, turns out Rockies didn't really miss out on much there, especially if then on the on the flip side, you know, Williams and, and Stevenson and Hannah end up being somehow difference makers. They're less likely to be. Let's find out. Yeah, Vever was a guy that I was I was very much high on and 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 was a big big fan of in the organization. Yeah, and, like, you know, yeah. if if Trevor Story does end up moving on, you go, you know, would Vever have been able to to stick well enough defensively at at shortstop? You know, and I don't think I don't think Rogers is necessarily a fit there. Uh, he may get a shot, um, but uh, again, he's in that second shortstop mix right there in in the middle infield. He's a guy that I like. And and I and I think that's a fair point you make about Jeff Hoffman because again the Rockies are at that disadvantage of shoot they they could have gone out and drafted Kumar Rocker and you know all of the 29 teams could be salivating thinking oh man if we had this guy in our organization you know we could have him in our rotation right now at, wow. immediately coming out of college we'd love that and the Angels would well I should say the Angels would kill for that but if they did pass him up in the ninth pick right. um, but at the same time. You know, you look and say, hey, we can project him to be a, a number three starter. Maybe he's never an ace. But look, you could – everyone needs at least one, if not two or three, number three starters. Um, and and so Rocker goes to the Rockies and has all these issues or whatever. We know that some of that just has to do with Coors Field and pitching and altitude, and that's something that, you know, the organization needs to figure out. So they're at that disadvantage when guys change locations, which happens for all organizations um, – sometimes just that change in location is all they need to figure it out. And all of a sudden, you know, they've, they've, they've got it worked out. It's similar to Tyler Anderson, who's a name that a couple years ago, right. you know, he was designated for assignment and the, the Rockies ultimately said, well, yeah, we have him under control for two more years, but you know, uh, between his injuries and what he was going to get paid. And again, he wasn't gonna get paid a lot, but for a guy with those injury concerns, you go, I would rather not, pay him at least that's what the organization felt i'd rather not pay him for the injury similar to the david doll conversation and whatnot oh, yeah almost exactly the same yeah almost exactly the same and and while on one hand i think you know you could criticize the organization and say well who did you give that 40-man roster spot to in the last year and a half right and where did sure. you use that money where right. you could have held on to him to try to reclaim some of that value and then traded him. Same thing with Dahl. He still has two more years of control. He still could turn around and be an all-star the next two years if he gets his health uh, issues under control. And you say, well, you could have stuck with him and, and done that. And I understand it. But at the same time, you know, they, when you get those crunches for a small market team who's, you know, at times need to pinch pennies, at other times they spend and they're amongst, you know, they're close to the top 10 in, in salary that they spend on their payroll. That's great, but in those down years, sometimes you have to make those decisions and say, "Sorry, Tony Walters, we're going to move on, and we're going to have Elias Diaz and a rookie catcher making the league minimum." Like those are just decisions that that tend yeah. to happen, and it it is what it is. Yeah, uh, you know, it, it it'll be interesting, and <clears throat> I've I've always rooted for both of those guys a lot, um, Ta and and David. Obviously, um, uh, Tyler gave me one of the most <clears throat> excuse me, um, candid interviews 
about being hurt and and struggling through injury. Guys don't usually like to talk about that. Guys can be candid about a lot of things, and and we've had some great interviews over the years. But talking about not playing, being injured, being injured multiple times, having people downgrade your value because you're injured, uh, and you know, I, I real I always really appreciated that 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 he talked to me about all of those things and um you know it's tough so I've, I've always rooted for both of those guys it's interesting now yeah seeing tyler anderson is kind of like oh is he really going to help the the mariners down the stretch now as they acquire him and his name being bandied about in in these trades or whatever and i and i hope david gets it back um but then you also go yeah i mean those guys definitely haven't been difference makers sadly unfortunately quite the way we hope we thought they would be um i hope david gets it back together man but there is that like paying him $3 million and he's not producing. And so it's hard to go back and be like, well, the Rockies should have paid him $3 million to be bad and hurt. <laughs> but like you said, a couple of years to, to turn it around. Um, anything final on the, on the Givens trade here that we can think, I guess the other element of this, and we've kind of, we, we've built this in before, right? So, <laughs> by far the best reliever in the Rockies bullpen. I mean, by yeah. my, the most solid guy in their bullpen uh, is, yep. is out now. And their bullpen is by far the worst element of the team. They've been absolutely dreadful. And so, uh, you know, we'll see what that does to the win-loss record or uh, the starting pitcher innings logged. It's, it's weird to think that a player might have more value to your organization as a, a warm body to protect other warm bodies and younger bodies yeah. than as a trade chip. But, and I think there's an argument to be made that maybe that's the case. And when you see what the Rockies got back in case Williams, you say, well, maybe you should just held on to him. I, I don't know. I, I can't definitively say one way or the other. It's, it's kind of what we said about Elias Diaz. There didn't really seem to be another catcher in the Rockies pipeline, unless you call up Jose Briseño. Um, And you say, actually, you know what? Elias Diaz might be more value to the Rockies, you know, still handling the starting rotation than as some prospect, you know, that, that may not uh, have any value to the organization in the next couple of years. So that could be the case with Givens, maybe, maybe not. Um, so that's, that's the one takeaway. And, and, and the other pieces you saw it last night and we'll get to the game in a moment is CJ Crone going down with uh, with a bit of a groin injury and you say, ah, maybe the Rockies missed their opportunity to go and, and trade him. And yeah, there obviously is some truth to that, but it is, it's very precarious at this time in the trade deadline where you're working with these deadlines and you've got players going out that you want to just surround in bubble wrap and you want to just almost leave them on the bench and not expose them uh, to, to certain injury potential. And you, you got to play them. And so the Rockies ended up doing that last night with CJ Crone and uh, he comes out, which makes for the big historic night for Sam Hilliard. And you go, ah, maybe they lost the opportunity to trade Crone. And you never know. Yeah. If they traded him a week ago, this wouldn't have happened. Fair argument. Uh, in, in 25 other multiverses, he's perfectly fine. He hits three home runs in Anaheim and, and his value goes up even more. You, you don't know. Yeah. You would have liked for them to have made, you know, move a little bit quicker, but at the same time, you know, it, it, it is what it is. It is disappointing, no doubt. But um, hopefully it's it's nothing. Maybe we see him back in the lineup today. All it takes is one at bat. You know, we did see a couple years ago with Josh Donaldson being acquired by Atlanta when essentially on the injured list. 
So teams, you know, with there only being the one true deadline, you know, previously for uh, anyone that might recall, there used to be an August 31st deadline. The old now days. you go, know, how, how could you still trade a guy like that? You're like, well, ultimately a team is, um, and, and I'm going to try to talk through remembering this. Cause I'm like, wait, what were the details exactly? I, I think know. it was basically, you just basically a guy had to clear waivers. Cause we haven't yeah. thought about this in two years. A guy <sighs> had to clear waivers. So it was basically, it was, it was overpriced contracts. So yeah. almost nobody on the Rockies, maybe not even Charlie Blackman would have cleared waivers. Right. So, it, so what a team could do is theoretically, uh, in the past, um, they would say, all right, Charlie Blackman's been put on waivers and all 29 teams have an opportunity uh, to go ahead and, and pick up Charlie Blackman. If they pick him up, they just, they take his contract. That's it. Right. They say, oh man, he's going to be a little bit overpaid. He's not going to be you know, good outside of Coors Field. Guess what? You got him. He's your problem now. And if, um, if that, that team, you know, does that, they can work out a trade. And, and so typically a lot of times is everyone will just say no. And at that point, since a guy has cleared waivers, the team can either pull him back from waivers and say, all right, we were kind of kidding. Uh, he's going to stay on our team. Or they can then turn around and then trade that guy, that player, to anyone. So, uh, and, I'm, and I'm thinking I'm missing a detail in that. But that was general idea. It was big yeah. contracts. Yeah. Right? That's how Justin Verlander ended up going to Houston. But now they went away from that. They said, no, yeah, you just can't trade anybody after July 30th. That's right. it. If the player gets waived. That's just totally That's different. He's a free yeah. agent. Yeah. He can sign with whoever. Yeah. But that team that waves the player, they are not getting any compensation yeah. back yeah. in return whatsoever. So yeah. that's that. Yeah. I think that's our last guy that we get. What's your gut feeling? Do we get anyone else traded from the Rockies? I oh, say yeah. I think, I think there's going to be a couple more trades. Yeah. Yeah, I think there will be. But you got um, two more trades coming down. Got, yeah. Who are the guys? If you had to, if you had to guess, got who are the those over two guys? on one and a half. I still think Croner gets traded. Okay. Um, I've, yeah, I've got the over on on one and a half. Um, <laughs> I'll say Kron gets traded, and then he'd be uh, most likely, even with the injury. I still think he's most likely. I, I, I still, yeah, we don't know it's permanent. We don't know if this yeah. is you know, anything anything too serious. He's and probably at the I, top. Yeah, and then I just think one of another sort of group of players there's a couple of relievers i think could potentially go either estevez or bard uh i think are are potential i still think there's a possibility that trevor story gets traded um who there was one other well and and i don't know if i'll be allowed to count this you tell me now whether or not i'll be able to count this because almost every year the rockies also do one of these swap of a couple of dudes you've never heard of. Uh, Triple A arms almost. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, like when they got no, that No, so I wouldn't be, necessarily count yeah. that. Yeah, because okay. when they've done it the last couple of years, it was basically like, hey, let's – They, I think they actually were trying to improve depth. Like, all right, Mike Talkman doesn't fit on the team. Let's go out and let's just get an arm that yeah, we might that, be able that, to yeah. use. Same so, thing happened with Joe Harvey. Same thing happened with Jesus Tinoco. It was like, hey – or not Jesus Tinoco. Um, uh JP, James uh, Pazos, Pazos. That's something. Yeah, yeah. James Pazos. Um, you know, you saw those kind of deals. Uh, yeah. I don't think they're gonna make actually. I don't I don't that actually would be that that would be now's a great time. I think they they need um a couple of those kind of guys right now. Um I don't know if they've they've got enough of the manpower to be able to kind of deal on both fronts. Kind of similar to what the Seattle Mariners did, where that's where they got criticized, but Jerry DePoto's like, hold on, hold on. We're gonna make two trades, as crazy as that is. We're not just gonna make one. We're gonna make two trades, and in overall, 
you're going to like the over, you know, the package that we're going to get. So we're going to give away a little bit maybe and, and um, weaken our 40 man roster and, and weaken our 26 man roster that you're going to see on the field. But then once we get the second one, you're going to look and go, okay, actually I like a little bit more. And I, I think that might be the case with the Tyler Anderson acquisition. Now that uh, the trade sure, with the Phillies right. fell through. Um, so it, that, that certainly could happen. If that goes down, I, I we can count it. We'll, we'll, we'll count it. Well, here, yeah, here's how I'll answer the question. I think they make one more major league. There you go. And there one, you go. I like and that. at least one other trade that's probably going to be swaps of minor league guys and, and those kinds of things. But I'm going to go zero on both. I'm going to go zero on both. Always do the latter at the trade deadline. That I feel more confident about possibly that happening. Flip yeah. somebody for something. And, and it makes you go, oh, they got – Joe Harvey, or then we got James Pazzo, so you know, milk, and then you just move on with your day. But and they almost need to do that. They almost need to do sure, that with Givens sure. gone, right? Yeah, like yeah they've yeah. got they've actually have some decent arms in in Albuquerque. That again, yeah, it's time to see their their stat what? lines. Yeah, their stat lines aren't decent, but for what they're providing, you know, sure. again as a body, as an arm, Chad Smith, Jesus Tinoco, even Zach Rosscup, you know. He was he was crushing it down in AAA, um, right, but then, you know, before coming up. But yeah, I think I, I think that's might even be more likely. I, I would say they'd more likely make one of those minor league type deals um, to get another body, you know, for the bullpen than they do trading one of the more established players at the major league level uh, for future pieces. But we're well, we'll getting down to the wire, man. We're getting down forty eight hours hours left, really, uh, at this point. So yeah, final note: I did see uh, Mark Feinsan. Uh, uh, did did finalize the deal. Noah Davis, right-handed pitcher, who's their 26th best. So they had – actually, Case Williams was listed as their 20th best prospect. So the Rockies get the Reds' 20th and 26th best prospects out of their system, both right-handed pitchers, uh, and and we'll see what happens with those guys. I don't know much about Noah Davis. I'll have to go and, and learn, and we can talk about that in the future. So Toast your Breck brew on this day. If, if you wanted at least a trade <laughs> for those of you who just. You got it. You, you got a trade um, and one that really did, as, as Patrick laid out at the beginning, uh, just makes sense for the Rockies to do from just about every angle. All of the equivocating that I've done on this show and, and with purpose about each unique situation that I feel is different, whether it be Marquez or Gray or Story or whatever it is, and you can line up sort of reasons, agree with them or not, reasons to keep this player around, reasons why losing him right now, even if you disagree with them, you know, there's reasons why it's that they exist. With Givens, it's just like, nah, man, like he he just got here. He's He's gone at the end of the year. He's not a pivotal member of helping the next generation of the Rockies learn how to pitch. He's not one of those guys who's proven to be a valuable commodity for Colorado during pivotal postseason runs. There's no, there's, there's nothing on the ledger to say. The only thing that sucks about losing Michael Givens is one great dude. And, and it's too mm -hmm. bad that can't have him around anymore. And two for the rest of the season, your bullpen is that much worse, which does not matter because it doesn't matter how many games the Rockies win this year. If anything, it matters that they lose more. And so it just there, – there's no reason to hang on to the guy. They uh, trade Michael Givens, who spends 11 months in Colorado, and get back Case Williams, a guy who was <laughs> drafted by the Rockies, and left the organization for 
eight months and eight is now months. back. Like, it's, talk about change of residence and right, man, they pass each other in the airport twice almost. You know, like, right. well, hey, you, I didn't, yeah, no, Davis, I don't have much on him. I, I do see he was drafted in the 11th round in 2018. So, uh, this is this is likely a year that he may need to be put on the 40 man roster here in November. So, might have been a guy that ultimately Cincinnati was like, look, we, do that. Yeah. we can't use this guy, toss him away. Decent numbers uh, yeah. in, in, in high A, you know, 13 starts. So, you know, he is a starter, decent strikeout per nine uh, ratio. So, again, could could provide some a some, uh, little bit needed. I'm not going to say much needed help, but can always provide help to any rotation in the minor league. So, you know, good on the Rockies for at least getting that much. And getting back a guy in Case Williams, they obviously liked him enough. They, they took him in the fourth round yeah. in 2020. So... I'm going to be very intrigued by that one and our ongoing conversation about, you know, John Boy talking about everybody, you know, why don't they just get all the Colorado guys? Well, that's a good question. <laughs> it's like, and then they did, and then they got rid of them. <laughs> and then well, I brought him back. So, all right, fair enough. One last thing. I did see a hilarious comment from someone on Twitter. Sorry, I think it was a Reds fan uh, who was joking that Michael Givens just cannot escape poor defenses and, and pitching and extreme pitching environments. This poor guy is out there. And the Rockies don't have a terrible defense by any means, but obviously Coors Field, Baltimore, and now Cincinnati. <laughs> this is like, have fun, Mike. He can't wait to be a free agent. He cannot wait to pick where he's going to pitch. <laughs> and really, and pick the outfit that he's going to wear because he's got a lot of orange and purple yeah. and yeah. Now a lot of red. Weird colors. And he's like, just give me some navy and just a touch of red. Come on. Yeah. He's going to Boston. There you go. I, I just figured it out because of the wardrobe. He's been all over the place. He signs with either the Boston Red Sox or another team that's, well, I'm not going to say predominantly Navy, but is Navy and red, the Cleveland Guardians. Ooh, the Guardians. It's now the second time I've, I've referenced the Cleveland Guardians. The Cleveland Guardians. Love the, right. yes. So toast of the Breck Brew to the Rockies front office for making a trade. To Michael Gibbons, honestly, for his time. Uh, in Colorado, uh, it, that's a thankless job to be a, a reliever on a on a bad team that you got traded for. And it's not your fault. The team's bad. And it's really too bad. He came on and wasn't good at the end of last year. Maybe that could have made some difference, got off on the wrong foot. But ultimately, so long and thanks for all the fish, Michael Givens. Everyone go out there, get your Breck brew, drink your Breck Celsius, get your 15 can samplers down at your King Supers or your local uh, liquor store down at the DNVR bar, you get a much bigger Breck brew if you're a member of the family. Those 22 ounce things are they're they're phenomenal. We they're we need cool. to uh, we need to trademark DNVR up your beer. There you like yeah. this is what you get if you just walk in the door. Hey, we're glad to have you. It's going to be ice cold. You will enjoy it. But if you're a member, boom, DNVR up that mm. Breck brew. We need to play the the Mario sound too in the bar every time somebody DNVR ups their beer. Ooh, that would be good. Buys a membership. If you become a member to get the bigger beer, we we've got to we got to talk to Eric and Lindsay and and the people. It's involved. a little too Pavlovian. It's like a little Pavlov <laughs> dog. Like you hear that sound, and you're like, oh, did I pay my membership? I'm like, dude, you have three memberships on your single account. Yeah. Like, well, I just right. want to make sure I DNVR up my beer because right. of the sound effects going on in here. Well, if you want to DNVR up your beer and DNVR up your whole sports watching and sports listening, sports engaging experience, become a member at the DNVR.com. You'll get access to all the written content. You'll get constant discounts on hats and shirts and whatever else we're selling. 
out of the merch store. You get access to the Discord channel where we're talking sports 24-7, but also movies and TV. Talking a lot of Olympics right now. That's been a whole lot of fun. Uh, which I understand fits into the category of sports, but just letting everybody know, you know, hey, you might think I'll go in there and chat with the guys about baseball or go over to the Broncos side and do that. But where would I go to talk about what's happening in Tokyo right now? Same place, all just for becoming a member of the family. Check it out today at the DNVR.com. Got to get a couple of these in because we're a little deep into the show. So also got to let you know, of course, about our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook. Always making your sports watching experience that's that much more fun. Um, I did okay yesterday. I did. I, I did decent. You nailed it. Are you yeah. kidding me? You had the pick of the week and you crushed it. You said, crushed. "Yeah, you had Gomber getting the win," which is such a weird specific thing that right. I love that you went out on the limb. But again, it had a really good payout, better than two to one on the payout. And so yeah. I think that was the factor because it's not just about winning. Like, hey, look, I bet a dollar and I won ten cents. Okay, you won 10 cents. You won the bet. Totally. But you want the long shot. You want a big payout. Yeah. And that was what you went with for your pick of the week. Crushed it with the Gomber. Getting the W. A lot needs to happen. And you you had that right. Man, I had to pair that stuff up. Appreciate Gomber and the offense coming coming through for me on that one. Uh, Felt pretty good about it early on. And we'll get into the game in just a second, obviously. But it was a whole lot of fun. You can get in on the action by downloading the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app today. As I was just talking about, they got a lot of Olympic stuff going on. Though the easiest one, this is the easiest promo I've ever heard. This is this is the easiest way I've ever seen to turn $1 into $100 in credits. Because all you got to do, <clears throat> download top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code DNVR when you sign up. And you'll turn $1 into $100 in free credits if America wins a medal. I don't know why the end of that sentence exists. What do you mean if America wins a medal? They average a medal every three minutes. Since we've been doing this podcast, they've already won right? 10 medals. No, I don't know what the actual number is. I would believe that. There are so I would many too, numbers. actually. If someone said that, I'd go, that's about right. I mean, are there more specifics? It's like during the waking hours? Like, what right. are the. <laughs> sure, but, sure. But still, there's some qualifiers in there where it's probably just about at a rate of every three minutes. I don't know. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah, during, during the day, obviously. Let's, let's not get crazy here. But, uh, so when America wins a medal and you use code DNVR, you will turn $1 into $100 in free credits for a limited time only. A DraftKings Sportsbook must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. I did want to share one thing real quick before we get into the game because I was did, did some research in regards to uh, trade deadline stuff and, and trades that uh, you know the Rockies have made. And so it, I think it's fitting to say, Michael Givens now goes from the Rockies to the Reds and joins a very prestigious group of players to go from the Rocks from the Rockies to the Reds. To the Reds. All right. So this is walk down memory lane. Of course, we got oh, Jeff Hoffman. So, oh, you're going to do got, this at the end. I just I, – I Did you know one? Spit you, it out. What, what, what comes off the top of your head? When I go Rockies well, to Reds – You're just talking about them trading back for Case Williams, who they obviously just traded to the Reds, but didn't they just, yep. now these weren't trades, but Philip Deal went back and forth from the Rockies to the Reds. What is going on? Is there a pipeline that I'm Ed. not aware of? Because, right, he's... I think Ashton Godot also signed, too, at Godot one point. Has been on both rosters. 
twice or at they least are big fans well they well the reds now do uh employ kyle Bodie, who's uh the, the driveline guy um and we know a lot of rockies pitchers you know have, have worked with them so i think they said look they're they're being aggressive and they're saying we've identified these guys rockies pitchers and we think over here change of location and maybe it'll change in mechanics or hey just change the ballpark change in altitude it's going to be a lot more effective and we can get them a lot cheaper than maybe some other guys from some other teams. Mm-hmm. There's potential in that, but that's not, that wasn't a, so, yeah. a trade. I think that was just a waiver acquisition. So these are yeah. just as defined by baseball reference right. reference. So before the Jeff Hoffman deal, got to go back to July of 2014 when uh, the Reds traded Jair Jurgens to the Rockies mm-hmm. for a minor leaguer. I remember he Jair. only got a couple starts. So that was actually the Rockies acquiring talent at the deadline. Yeah. Um, this one, which I didn't know about because I don't think he actually, he didn't play with the Rockies. I think he made a start for Colorado Springs, but the Reds traded in 2013. So this is three years after, uh, his near perfect game. Armando Galarraga was traded. That's right. To the Rockies. That's right. Hadn't remembered that one. Only, uh, he never played for the major league. Sky Sox. Yeah. Just, he's a Sky Sox guy. Yeah. Was it Ryan Howard? Ryan Howard. That Ryan Howard. Isotopes legend. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Anyway. Yes. Keep going. This is great. Uh, like Dominic this. Brown might have been another one too, if I'm thinking of it. Yes. Um, yes. Reds traded Jose Acevedo to the Rockies for Alan Simpson in 2005. Mm-hmm. Okay. It doesn't move the needle for me either. 2003, Rockies sent Chris Michalak to the Reds as part of a conditional deal. All right, here's a real one of with real baseball players you may know. The Reds <laughs> traded Pokey Reese and Dennis Reyes to the Rockies for Luke Hudson and Gabe White. The legend Gabe White. The legend Gabe White. Was fantastic. No. Maybe the best season in Rockies reliever history. Yeah, in, in 2000, right? Uh, yep. um, 2001. Pokey Reese never played for the Rockies, did he? Yeah, I don't think he did. I don't think he did. I, as, as I'm reading that, I'm going – Oh, uh, what happened with, with that? Yeah, uh, yeah there's no, no way. Yeah. He must have been immediately traded. Yeah. He was. He was traded for Scott Hatterberg. He was traded to the Red Sox, and they acquired Scott Hatterberg. And then for the Rockies, did he? Yeah. And then Billy Bean turned around and said, okay, um, come on. Wait, is, is that the scene right before Billy goes to his house in Moneyball is that he got traded? Rockies for Pokey Reese. Well, I think the trade was the Rockies said, "You're a bum. You're done." And then the A's go. The Rockies did it again. The Rockies touched something and it screwed it up in the exact perfect way. No, come on, that's not the narrative. I've only ever been a catcher. That's it. And 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 so really, so what we're trying to say is, if it wasn't for Pokey Reese, Chris Pratt would not have the acting career he did today. There would be no Jurassic Park revival. The Cleveland Guardians wouldn't exist because Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm telling Look, you, this I, is a butterfly. I, knew I loved Pokey Reese. I just now you know why. Yeah, now I know why. Pokey Reese also does sound like a character from Guardians of the Galaxy. All right, let's let's yeah. finish. <laughs> uh, July 2001, Rockies traded Robin Jennings. Don't know that name. And Todd Walker to the Reds for Alex Ochoa, who was a huge prospect about six years mm-hmm. prior to that. Yeah. Reds traded Ron Valone to the Rockies. That was a win. Uh, I think Valone was pretty good. Long. For the Rockies, yeah. uh, they just sent minor leaguers back later on. Rockies traded Brian Hunter to the Reds in August of 2000. In April of 2000, Rockies traded Manny Ibar for Gabe White. 
So there you go. This is now the second so, time okay. the Reds and Rockies have made a trade involving the exact same player. First, it was Gabe White going from Cincinnati to Colorado, then back. And, then back. and now we have Case Williams going from Colorado to Cincinnati and back. And so this is now the second time. We need Hello. to pause the podcast so we can both tweet this out. I know, we're right? Gonna, we're going to get scooped on our own fact here, I think. Uh, um, baseball is just the most amazing. It's amazing. Now, the most famous, we know, uh, Rockies-Reds trade would have been in the offseason, 99-2000 offseason, when the Rockies traded Dante Bichette to the Reds for Stan Belinda and Jeffrey Hammonds. That was the big one. Yeah. RIP. Uh, and then Curtis Goodwin. Uh, came over to the Rockies. I remember him ever so briefly. Uh, Rockies purchased Eric Anthony from the Reds. Not really a trade. In the first ever trade, April 10, 1995, the Reds traded Chris Sexton to the Rockies for Marcus Moore. And that is five minutes on more than you've ever <laughs> wanted or cared to know about the trade history between the Rockies and the Reds. All worth it for the Gabe White factoid. And, and this we, is why, yeah, and this is why you podcasted yesterday by yourself. Because sometimes <laughs> I can get in the way and just go off the rails. And you know what? Goody's coming back tomorrow. So we're going to just do Mets talk. We're going to do the history of just right. Mets trades. Just, Not even Mets Rockies. We're just going to yeah. talk about the Mets. The all Lee Mazzelli podcast. I'm ready. I'm ready we're doing it. it. We're yeah. doing it. The Rockies won last night. So I think we're just in a good mood. They, and it's a good right. time to be silly almost. Right. He blew uh, them out of the friggin' water, man. They they absolutely did. And since we're here, I got to run through one more of these and remind you it was beefy. It was very beefy. We're getting into the beefy win. I'm getting in to the beefy beef, though. The Hassle Cattle Company beef. You know I've been eating it. You know I've been loving it. You know I can't recommend it any higher to you folks. I don't know what to say that I haven't said before other than if you eat beef and you haven't tried it, you're just... At this point, you're just playing yourself. At this point, you're just paying more money for worse product from somebody else. Don't do that. Don't do don't do that. Get better beef. They don't treat the animals poorly. You know the whole spiel by now. No antibiotics, no hormones. Really, really delicious beef. Whatever kind you like, the ground beef, ground chuck, bacon, hamburgers, steaks, sausages, whatever you're into. It's fantastic. Use promo code DMVR10. You'll get 10% off. If you order over 200 bucks, you will get free shipping. And if you're on the cusp, like now's the time to, to pull the trigger on that. Like it's barbecue season. Like now's right. the time you're out on your patio. Even if it's hundred degrees, it doesn't matter. You got to be firing up the grill. Kids are in the backyard, running through sprinklers. I was going to say jumping in the pool, but nobody really has a pool in Colorado. It's not, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's kind of an East Coast thing. But still, yeah. running through the sprinklers, you're hanging out, you're having your Breck brews. It's barbecue season. Do that. And you know what? Fine. If you're going, look, I'm having some friends over for a little party, a little barbecue. Show off with the Hassle Cattle Company. And you can say, I, is this going to be a one-off? Okay. You can think that. That's fine. Yeah. We know it. We know you're going to order again. Right. But you know what? If you want to tell yourself it's a one-off, right. use promo code DNVR10, one and done. Have the best barbecue you've ever had, and then we'll talk after. And, we'll yeah, and then we'll see. And then we'll see. Exactly right. All right, Patrick, as you were talking about absolute beatdown from the Colorado Rockies last night. Uh really wasn't expecting that. I mean, how could you be? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, nobody was nobody was expecting <laughs> that. Uh 12 runs on the road uh, out of this team. And 
when uh, you know the Angels are sending a pitcher to the hill in Jose Suarez, who's at a very good season so far, and is also like the particular variety of pitcher, those kind of crafty, soft toss and lefties that always worry me uh, when, when lefties are going up there and trying to be aggressive while dealing with that, with you know, with all the things we know about how the ball moves differently, and it's like you're trying to go up there and make things happen against a guy who's trying to get you to be too aggressive, right? He's trying to outpatience you. And uh, he just didn't have the, the the full sharpness and the Rockies got him and got him. And there was some bad defense behind him, which we saw the game before got Marquez a little bit, but he was able to handle it a little bit better. The Rockies were able to come through with some big, big hits. Yeah, they, they had the right scouting report because although, you know, going into the game, you saw his ERA and you're like, all right, mid threes. Not bad for for American League pitcher, but you know a lot of that come in relief. So they were they were stretching him out a little bit, and it was again just be patient and uh, and and it it, it worked. It, it it absolutely worked. And it, as the game went on, it it worked even better. And at that point, Joe Madden's just thrown out there saying eh, we're gonna have to try to win Wednesday as the rubber match. So let's just let's just throw whoever we've got uh, remaining. Uh, right. Out of the bullpen, and and you got Wants and and Garrett Mayers coming in. They're, you know, less than guys, and then they even they finish it up with a position player. Yeah. Right. Adam Eaton ends up having to go out and yeah. and bite the bullet, and you go, all right, anytime, and and that should be a statistic. In fact, I'm I don't know that you could find that anywhere, oh, and I'm almost surprised. Point. How many times that, have you forced the other team to use a yeah a position? So player? I, so I know the boys over at Cespedes Family Barbecue, aka Cut Four. They, you know, do position player pitching, you know, anytime that happens, it's, it's interesting. It's definitely lost its luster because it's, again, it's kind of become basic protocol of like, Hey, in a blowout, save your pitchers, throw position player. Right. So be it. It's fine. It's accepted, but it would be cool to know, like, you know, what teams have done it the most, uh, and what team has done it has forced the forced other it. team. Yeah. That's the real big one. That would yeah. be kind of cool. That'd be great. To figure yeah. out. Right. Yeah. For sure, I definitely I think that would be neat. That I can't, I can't think if it happened any other time this year for Colorado. Come to think, I think it. I want to say there was at least one other time, but I can't. I can't, I can't think of it off the top of my head. But there was one other game where uh, I'm sure there's been one other game this year where a position player came in against them because there was something that came up. I wish I could remember what game it was. Um. And in the games I've been to down at Coors Field, I don't think that it's happened. But again, that might even speak to the point about how just common it's become. Well, and you know, yeah. with a positional player going out there and and doing it, and so really, is the last time it's happened for the Rockies, Josh Fuentes? Am I? Was there another one that yeah. happened? He does not like to do that. I think that's the only time. That might be the only time Bud Black has done that in his managerial career with the Rockies this year with Fuentes. I, I, I'm not saying that definitively, but I know he hates. I think it, it might be. I do uh, remember him talking about that a few years ago, and he had never yeah. used it when he was in San Diego and. I think Mark Reynolds was the guy at that time yeah. uh, that was designated to be the pitcher because that was asked. And it was like, look, I'll tell you who it is. Yeah. But, but oh no, Drew yeah. Butera did it. Drew Butera did it. What am I, what am I saying? Oh, that's Butera right. did oh, it. Desmond yeah. had one. So, so there were others. That's right. Ian Desmond pitching. So, yeah. It so does there were 55 happen. other instances. But other than <laughs> other that, that. <laughs> we nailed it. We nailed it. Yeah, it's no. Just, uh, like you, well, like you said, it's this odd thing that has become far more common. Ho hum. In yeah. the game that I would have predicted.
five or six years ago that like, oh yeah, no, position players will start pitching kind of regularly. I mean, even just the, the concept of like pitchers as pinch runners and pinch hitters, where at a certain point right. it's almost like embarrassing, like, well, you've mismanaged something. And right. now you go, ah, oh, this is a low leverage situation. Look, I don't want to burn somebody on my bench. Yeah. We're still figuring out what's what's happening if, if we do need to make a substitution or, or what it's going to be. It's yeah. So uh, the, the game is changing to the point where that's that's not a big deal, and that's okay. Like I I don't mind that. Yeah, Angels used Adam Eaton, so now they've got somebody else in their pen that they can use to win a game that they have a much higher percent. They got a, they have at least a 51% chance of winning tonight's game before they even step out on the field with home field advantage, probably closer to 53%. And with the Rockies, maybe it's more like 57, 58% of winning the game. Right. And with one less, one less guy in their bullpen, maybe it goes down a couple percentage points last night there. They were at the 99th percentile right. of losing by that, that point in the game. Right. So that's, that's part of the strategy in it. And, and Sam Hilliard. Yeah. So th- this is something I just tweeted about. Let's talk about Sam Hilliard. Is he a thing again? I I, I don't know, but last night what he did was a thing. So he that was his a home run was the first uh, in interleague play. So a couple of guys had done a solo homer and a two run homer. His was the first three run homer. No one had hit a grand slam, uh, pinch hit grand slam in an interleague game for the Rockies. A lot of qualifiers, but it's still fun to think about. Hey, stats, baby. And this one, which is, again, um, you know, not as many qualifiers. It is situational. But of players who came into a game, didn't start the game, came into it, he had three hits and three RBI. It had only ever happened once. And that was in their expansion season in 93. Jayhawk Owens did it uh, against Houston, which wasn't an interleague game at the time. Houston was in the National League. I think the date might have been June 12th, maybe. But that's... I, I wouldn't have guessed that had ever happened. I mean, that's a really odd instance. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it, it, it doesn't happen a lot, obviously, right? Usually guys who who sub into games come in late and, and only have the opportunity to get in at bat or two. Usually it's just one, you know, and any more, and more a little bit more in the American League uh, with the DH and stuff where you can kind of move people in and out and play matchups a little bit more. So if the tough lefty started the game. And so you, you brought a you, you kept a, a left-handed bat on the bench. As soon as that guy comes out, it's easier in the American league and soon in the national league uh, to just put your righty immediately into the game. Cause you've got more pieces to move around. You don't have to worry about that extra spot on your roster, but yeah, like it just, it was really, really cool, especially right after he'd hit the big home run in LA. Uh, another thing that, you know, we talked about, Rocky's never done before um, having the the go ahead home run in the ninth inning in LA against the Dodgers. So back to your question at the beginning of this whole thing is Sam Hilliard, you know, back to being a thing, at least a little bit of one. Yeah. You've, you've, you've got to see if this is, you know, right. It's so bizarre though. It's what this season's about. You got to find the ways, but at the same time, you're not going to bench Tapia. When Daza's ready to go, you got to get him back in there, and you're not going to bench Blackman. So you've got to find ways to get Hilliard in there. Uh, he hasn't played first base in a while. I don't know if they have any interest in having him do that, and I think they're you know ready to get Connor Joe and and Joshua Fuentes their run at at first, with obviously Joshua doing some at third. And so 
where does Hilliard go? Is it better for him to stay at the big leagues and, and try to ride this hot straight? He's got to be feeling good right now. And for, for right now, yeah, play him every day. If Until Daza comes back, just play him, start him, see what happens. Find out. Hope it goes well and this becomes a tough decision because, as we've always said, like it's so – Daza and Hilliard are like polar opposite center fielders for you. One's got all the potential in the world – but hasn't really shown a consistency to be able to maximize any of that potential and has a much lower floor. And then with Daza, you've got a much higher floor and, and a great consistency on his resume back through the minors and now even at the major league level. But at the absolute best, you're getting a, a really good singles hitter and a good defender. And, and that's it. You know, so I just, I, I don't know how you play. This is a tough one, man. This is a tough one for, for any manager to try to figure out now that you're seeing some life out of Hilliard. Yeah. I think it, it will just be mixing and matching and all right, you're going to play mm-hmm. half a game. And we saw it kind of last night play out story comes out again, protecting them bubble wrap. That's, that's the choice, especially when the game was locked up. And so Rogers moves over to shortstop. McMahon moves over to second base. We see the Rockies' debut of Rio Ruiz. Great name. It's a pretty good baseball name. He gets his first yeah. base hit as well. You like to see that. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, I, I think uh, it's interesting for anyone that that is thinking, hey, well, maybe Hilliard could be at first base. You trade Crone. Going from the outfield to infield is a lot harder. I think that's why, you know, you yeah. probably – you know, fans who've, who've listened to our podcast and just Rockies fans in general have probably noticed this trend of guys who are infielders who've moved to the outfield. Garrett Hampson, shortstop Long Beach State. He can play some outfield. Chris Owens, we know, shortstop came up in the D-backs organization. He's now played some outfield. Ryan Valade, one of your top yep. prospects at AAA. Shortstop, moved over to third base. He's gone to the outfield. It doesn't really go the other way. It's why Charlie Blackman's still playing in right field as much as at one point a couple years ago, that was this idea floated like, hey, could he go first base? Right. He could try, but yeah. it's, it's a rarity. You know, yeah. They tried Sam Hilliard at first base in Lancaster, I remember, a few years ago. Played about five games, 36 innings. You know, uh, I'm, I'm sure he's, he's fine, but he did that's, a tall, that's a tall order to ask. Yeah, it's, yeah, that's a tall it's, order to ask. Especially when you haven't done it in a while. I wouldn't even – wouldn't even bother at this point. And and also when he was playing some first base in the minors, he was just a corner guy in the outfield. When they took away first base, they added center field. So like he's been doing that, right? That's that's a very 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 different thing. And and so yeah, like he's he's been not only has he not played that position a while, he's in lieu of that, been learning this other very difficult position to play. Uh, so yeah. I think, and I think Rockies fans probably know this as well, honestly, if not better than any other fan base in all of baseball, it's the value of a good defensive first baseman. And there might not be a, yes. you know, an entire display case of gold glove trophies, but they, they, you know, have seen the differences Right. No, no, absolutely. Right. That That's my point is that they've seen yeah. the difference. And when a guy's been slightly off and you go, oh, Daniel mm-hmm. Murphy. Uh, and then you see the big plays that Mark Reynolds made, you know, going 
going all out with the, the full extension and, and stretching to go, wow, that was amazing. And Todd Helton giving confidence to those young infielders. And you've, you heard Nolan Arenado talk about that and, and, and just all of these things. And Josh Fuentes last season, you see him at yeah. first base and was like, oh my God, what a breath of fresh air after everything right. with Daniel Murphy. So I think, fresh off you know, of Murphy and, Desmond, yeah. and the big cat, you know, can't forget Andre Scalaraga, the original right. guy too. I mean, right. there's a reason he was a cat. There was something I, I tweeted out on, I think it was Monday when CJ Crone stole a base and went down a <laughs> rabbit hole of first basemen who have stolen bases. Again, another reason to make sure you're following us at Patrick D Lyons on Twitter and at Drew Creaseman on Twitter and, and running through the names of guys. Justin Morneau never did it. Uh, Ryan Sheely and Ty Van Berkleo never did it. Other Rockies. You made that great. Right. The name. I've, I've had seen the names. I couldn't have told you if he was actually on the Rockies. Though. Uh, yeah, I, I've seen the name. That's all I will say. Um, but anyway, going and looking at that list, Big Cat, 55 stolen bases. I go, all right, is that a lot? Is that a little? It's a decent amount. It also is the record. And for a guy that only played in Colorado for five seasons and a guy that played for 17 in Todd Helton, he had 30-something. 30 30, yeah. He doesn't even have the record. So, um, again, just that that ability to play defense is is so huge, and, and Rockies fans have been spoiled, and that's a good thing. And yeah. I, that's what I mean when I say Rockies fans know the importance of great defense. So playing around and, and doing that transitional game of, hey, maybe let's give Hilliard a shot, or oh, let's throw Blackman over at first base. Like you're playing with fire there, and you're going to want to kill that experiment pretty quickly because it's going to come at the behest uh, and a frustration of your starting pitchers right. who are now going to have to labor more and extended innings and all those things. And so uh, that, that probably won't be – something that happens and we'll see I, I we haven't even got a good look at connor joe at first base really right right i want to see all that stuff. i'm looking forward to see this maybe real ruiz even i don't want to get sure uh, <laughs> uh and i don't want to get ahead of myself here but i have you know looked at the upcoming free agent class and you know there are certain positions i'm not super stoked on i really wish there were more interesting outfielders available because i feel like that's a spot where the rockies maybe could build but first base is one of those spots too if it turns out that connor joe is an organizational guy or maybe a a bench guy or or, or a role guy and I, I think that's the most likely case you know I, I don't think that they're you know what's great about ryan mcmahon again i'm getting all i'm already into off-season strategy and, and i'm sorry about that we'll do more of this later but is that he kind of allows you to decide whether or not what you need is a third baseman a second baseman or first baseman because whatever you go and get mcmahon can just go play the other spot the way i've looked around at it I think the Rockies get the most value at first, actually. There's a lot of first. Now, you've got to have some interest in some guys. I don't think they're going to get Anthony Rizzo as much as I would love it because I love Anthony Rizzo. And, you know, but that's just not a thing. But there's a lot of other guys who are basically almost Anthony Rizzo, like those kinds of slugging guys who aren't in their primes anymore but play really good defense and are lifelong first baseman. I'm like, yeah, get one of them. That sounds good. <laughs> How about one of those? So... Uh, yeah, I, these are the things we find out for the rest of the year. If it doesn't look like they've gotten an answer there, there's going to be a pretty great market at first base. And whether they get the best guy or the third best guy or the fourth best guy, um, opportunity to to improve their situation there. So, and with with so much you know money coming off the books this year, or at least them having more money next year, you know, they someone could come knocking and say, "Hey, will you take this contract off our hands?" and you know, maybe, you know, pay this guy. Rockies could say, yeah, sure. That kind of kills two birds with one stone. We've got money to spend. Eric Hosmer. I we'll take go. Eric Hosmer. 
And, now and the interesting thing with Eric, the interesting thing I was talking with somebody, I was thinking, I, I think you would, because actually if you go look at his contract, it's not really bad going forward. I think he makes $22 million next year. It was very much front loaded. That was, and again, it, it's it's interesting how uh, he said, hey, we're in July. We're talking about the off-season plan. This, these are the things that front offices are doing. They're looking years ahead down the line, sure. uh, especially when they sign guys to contracts and things of that nature. And that was what A.J. Preller did. Say, so, yeah, we'll, we'll give you $100-plus million, but most of it's going to come in the first half-plus of your deal because that's when we've got the money to spend. But then when we're contending, we're going to need to go out and pay top dollar to free agents. So you know what? It's right. going to slide back down. In fact, the Rockies did that essentially with Desmond's contract, and it right. really made it look somewhat favorable. They're only going to pay him $8 million this year, and you go, that's not bad you know, yeah. necessarily, especially if you're going to get the guy you were hoping to get. But, yeah, I think I think Hosmer gets $22 million next year, and then it's $13 million for the next Ooh. four years after that. And you go, yeah, that's yep. perfect. And that's perfect in time, you know, for the timeline of of Michael Polio. Let him eat up the budget of a team that's not, yes, 100%. Hodges could even pay some some money down on his deal. John Gray contract, right? Yeah. I would give John Gray the opposite of the Herman Marquez deal. Pay John Gray $17 million next year because who cares? And then let it become cheaper and cheaper as he's going to get a little bit older and you're going to need to build more in the future. So those are exactly. And it it increases his. Maybe not increases, but then it also does give you some flexibility flexibility on the trade market where you he, go and say, hey, his contract is down. Like, again, if Desmond right. plays this year, he would be a guy we'd be talking about, hey, expiring deal, exactly. veteran, crushes left-handed pitching, could actually provide, you know, you know, give you a little bit of value. Maybe even the Reds are a team that says, hey, Givens and Desmond, and we'll give you this and then some, right? Like, you, you've got that potential. So if, if the Padres are a team that the Rockies, you know, do have that, confidence and, and are, are bold enough to, to jump back into the fray with making those kind of trades. Maybe they get a couple million dollars too to pay down his deal. You don't even need that. Just say, actually, you know what? Save save the money you're going to give us and just give us better prospects. And again, Hosmer right. keeps the seat so warm for yeah. Michael Tolia, who's a guy that's pretty much going to be handed that job. He's going to be yeah. the first baseman. He's done going into the outfield first base is his position. And we assume with the universal DH coming, Hosmer, if his DH starts to go down, then yeah. you know you've got you've got yeah. a DH built in there. Maybe yeah. not a DH that's going to go and hit 30, 35 home runs in the vein of a Nelson Cruz, but again, you've you can work that out. There's right? a lot you've of got different ways to flexibility. That's yeah. correct. That's that's what I love about all that stuff for sure. All right, we are at the hour mark, but there's one last thing I want to talk about from the game last night. And it is going to be brought to you by our friends at Chevalier Mortgage. Do make sure that you are letting the protectors of the realm protect your realm. It can be stressful. It can be intimidating. It really, no one should go through the housing market, especially this one out here in Colorado on their own. Let Mike and Virginia Chevalier take the burden off of this extremely difficult process. They can alleviate so much of the stress and they can even have a little bit of fun with you. They're big DNVR fans. They're big Colorado sports fans. They know all about what we're doing here. They can chat with you about the latest in Michael Givens and Gabe Landeskog news while also helping you with your mortgage. So I've also got this great fun perk for DNVR listeners. You go to dnvrmortgage.com, enter to win a free shirt or hat of your choice. But most importantly, you'll get set up with a totally free consultation to discuss all of your options. That's dnvrmortgage.com. Or you can call Virginia directly at 303-257-6578. 
or Mike directly at 970-412-2472. Michael Chevalier, NMLS number 1931006, and Virginia Chevalier, NMLS number 1910631. And the Rockies insurance policy last night, Austin scoring 12 runs on the road, starting pitcher Austin Gomber. Once again, uh, going out there and just doing the damn thing. It can be a little bit of a trap when you're spotted a big lead like that early. Not only that, he also had a couple of innings where he was sitting on the bench for a good 30, 35 minutes because those the Rockies rallies weren't like single, single, three-run jack. There, there was a lot of like long drawn bats and walks and he's just sitting there. Um, you know, and he, he made one mistake. One pitch he wants back, uh, a two-strike, uh, and he had him too. He had him on the pitch before it. He had Shohei Otani struck out, except mm, foul tip by that much of the bat. Got a piece. Gosh, Shohei Otani is good. I don't know how he got a piece of that. And then, and then Gomber hangs a slider right in the middle of the plate. The best player in baseball hits it out, and Gomber was – pissed it made it a 10 to 2 baseball game and he, i love that so much oh yeah absolute warrior and it's funny because the previous night in that that big marquez otani matchup which was just fantastic to watch incidentally i was at a sports bar for a function that i did not coordinate if i did we would have been at the dnvr bar and i won't name this very notable uh sports bar that we used to actually talk about a lot uh they didn't have the rockies game anywhere in the whole damn place. Unbelievable. So we had to request it, watch the game. And the previous night, as I said, on Monday night, uh, Ben Bowden, right down the pike, Otani missed it. Yeah. And we were all like, wow, he would Whoa. love to have that one back. Yep. So Otani <laughs> took the L there, actually struck out against Bowden in a six-pitch at bat there. On Monday night and on Tuesday night, it wasn't going to happen again when it goes right in over his happy spot. But, yeah, yeah Gomber still looks just – so impressive with the seven strikeouts, two walks, you know, hopefully it will be interesting to see, you know, how well he pitches at Coors Field uh, in August because, man, that, that's – those are the dog days. Those yep. are the roughest – as, as, long, as long as the season has felt um, for uh-huh. many, many – and, again, not just Rockies fans. and I'm not, not picking on the organization necessarily because, again, this feels like a long season, I think, for any fan base because it literally has been – as long as all of 2020 and there was a, there was a postseason too, right? right every every right. team watched two months of games. We are way past that. We're, this Gosh. is, this is, this is the date of the, of the final world series game. If you go right. back and look at last year's calendar, essentially. Right? right. So we're, we still got two more months and man, those hot days at Coors field in August can be absolutely brutal on pitchers. The ball's flying, even when it's in the humidor. Um, and I, and I and I like you know Gomber's chances of being okay, right? Like like there, he's going to give up some more home runs on, on sure. you know he's the fly ball pitcher. But if he can keep his walks down and continues to have the strikeout numbers, he does. Man, that, there's a lot to like about him going forward, and he has, I think, still uh, four more years of control. So he's he's the longest controlled guy, right? Yeah. We got two more. You got two more years with with Freeland and Senzatella locked up. Uh, before there's any kind of extension, you got one more year after Marquez after that, and Gomber still after that. So you still got that core together, and I'm I'm really excited to see if Gomber can keep it together. I think he will for the most part, and and, and he should. And 
Um, he's, he's one of the exciting things. There's still a lot of excitement surrounding this team as far as the future goes. And yes, a lot of it can be down in Spokane and Fresno. They're on the West coast, uh, in the minor leagues, yeah. but there's also still some on this team too. And Gomber is probably at the top of that list. Yeah. I mean the, so he gives up five hits and in six innings, right? As you said, the seven strikeouts, the two walks and, Really, the the Otani home run was the only thing that anyone lined yeah. up real well against him, and he yeah. just continues to go out there and be at worst a quality start machine. And and at this point, you you basically you, you kind of expect more than a quality start out of Austin Gomber for sure. It's, oh yeah, it's been quite some time since he's know been lit up or just gone out there not had it had a bad game even the fact that he's walked three in his last two games is a little bit like well that's it's a little more than the walk rate was before but beyond that it's just he's he's been so steady and uh yeah so in the midst of all that going on last night where the Rockies are finally kind of finding some offensive momentum uh, run through some of that really quick obviously a couple hits for Tapia more great stuff from Brendan Rogers, who's homered in consecutive games now. He continues to look fantastic. I think it's between him and Gomber. You were talking now who's who's one, who's two. They're one A, one B, and guys who are on the major league roster right now that should make you excited about the future. Um, the story with with his big double. Uh, we'll see what goes on there, but it was at the very least, the very least, nice to see him get a, a solid hit after being hit in the hand. Uh, the night before, and then we talked about screeching. Oh, that that could have given me nightmares. Oh, that screech that, was... that he made. I I can't believe he stayed in the game. I can't believe yeah. after not being able to bend it, he was able to later bend it like completely. I'm like Keith Duggar, you are a soothsayer. Like you, like what kind of mortar yeah. and pestle things are you mixing up in the dugout to make the body now all of a sudden with clearly like a sprained pinky all of a sudden is, is fine. And so we don't know that it's entirely fine, but he's playing on it and it hasn't really impacted his play in general. So yeah. you know, good on him. And I love, I love Otani thrown over to first base after story got hit. If you saw that, which was a good bit of gamesmanship after Marquez did that to Otani. Yep. If you remember after Otani yep. singled and he was throwing over. So man, Monday night's game really was great. I also tweeted out, that was the first interleague game uh, the Rockies had where you had two all-star game representatives, one of which was uh, a starter yeah. in the all-star game, and only the third time total that had ever happened. So it's, it's a rarity. Thanks, Dave Roberts. Thanks a lot for screwing it up. It should have been both of them, because how many times has that ever happened? Oof. Yes, that's a good question. That's two all-star game starters then face off against each other, especially like a week after the all-star game. Well, and that's the thing is that you can't necessarily say, okay, let's go back to April and look to see who the Rockies right. because yeah. really that's the caveat if you see yeah. the qualifier, if you say you, have to you know, know two all-star game pitchers, it's right. really after the all-star game. And yeah. so that actually it's probably a 15, 20 minute bit of research, but if you get yeah. that, um yeah. You can again have one of Drew Creaseman's wings when he's down at the bar. Um, you can get a patented high you know, fist right. bump from me if you do that right. work. But right. you could actually find that out. I would be curious. I bet it's happened at least once where you had a rematch okay. of the All Star game, but it's pretty rare. You're right. Uh, yeah, that, that'd be tough to do. So, yeah, and and even Otani going over and apologizing and and having yeah. a nice like Otani's just the 
best. He's just the absolute best. I love it. I'll watch anything that guy does. Uh, and then finally, Connor Joe uh, with the three hit, three ribby day, batting uh, in the eighth spot with the DH with Hampson down there in the ninth spot. So nice to see out of him again. That's one of those things I think. If they do figure out a way to trade Crohn's, but, you know, if he's healthy and even if he's not, whatever it may be. Um, and when we had this conversation a couple of weeks ago, right, like who's going to end up having play more innings at first base for the Rockies by the end of the year, Connor Joe or CJ Crone. And we both kind of agreed that Crone is definitely going to build up this lead for a while. But if he gets traded, it's going, is there going to be enough time for Joe to get those innings? And I think we're still looking at that scenario. So that's going to be really fascinating to see how, how much Connor Joe, do we get how much do you need how much can you take yeah that was and, and that was another uh semi-historic I mean, that's historic but it's a rarity it was the first time a rockies player um had batted eighth or ninth and had recorded three hits and three rbi in a game since noel cuevas in seattle in 2018 i remember that game that was yeah. a huge game. He hit basically, you can't hit a walk-off home run in somebody else's park, but he basically did. It was the eighth, uh, maybe top of the ninth, and it was a three-run jack in a really close game against, uh, in my recollection, you know, a really good reliever. That might have even still been, did they still have Edwin Diaz back then before he got traded out? Um, it may have actually been off Juan Nicasio. James Paxton started oh, that game. Was it, but, yeah, I remember Paxton. Uh, just you know, and it was just any and, and this guy, Noel Cuevas, who yeah, just, top of the seventh off Paxton, yeah, basically Connor Joe of of that team. <laughs> uh, but of course, that team was was going places, and and they needed that that W at that time. That sent them on a nice little run too. That was that was huge. I remember that Noel Cuevas home run by the, far his best moment as a major leaguer. And that's though, uh, other than him getting. Uh, coffee in Chicago across the, at Starbucks across from Wrigley Field. And that's, I guess that's second. It's my favorite Cuevas memory. Um, but yeah, we, we, if, if you're listening to the podcast, go on, watch the video so you can get the hand gesture down. But going forward, when we have the Joe chant, I submit we need to have full extension, Hunter Pence esque. And Hunter Pence, of course, got this from uh, potential future AEW superstar. Brian Danielson, but it has to be Joe, 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 Joe. You got to so get the a Samoa Joe. Thing? Point we're it up. We're not doing a Samoa. Is no, it has to be like yes, the yes yeah, chant. But it's Joe, Joe, Joe. Get the whole whole place going. I love it. It's the new wave. It. It's the new wave. Joe, <laughs> the whole stadium pumping their hands That's up in the air. It kills the old wave. <laughs> Uh, all right. So we'll find out. Uh, rubber match this evening. Another one of these this is the last one of the year, right? Where they have a they wrap up the series with a night game. I believe it is. Yes. Yeah. It's a very weird one. Yeah. I think Miami. They do in LA. Very very strange. And then they've got four in San Diego. So they've got two wins on the road. I said. I think. I think we put the over under two and a half. We did. So I took the under. Got to prove me wrong. They're looking good right now. I. You got to yeah. think they're going. They're gonna lose five in a row. They've been competitive. They've been yeah. Competitive every game. Yeah. How could they not? Yeah, I feel like they're. they're I think they're gonna win at least one. I, I, so I think I'm gonna be wrong overall. So I think they'll win at least one, two. Now nah, you might be getting greedy. Yeah. So maybe they lose today. And. Chichi on the hill. Uh, but of course, if they win tonight, 
then they've won a, a second road series just like that after having not won it uh-huh. all year. Yeah. Uh, so we'll we'll find out. We'll we'll be in on it. Uh, still no announcement of the pitchers for the Padres series. Is that because no one knows exactly who's going to be on whose teams? <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I guess um, the, one of the resources that I use um, just by looking at um, – you know, again, nothing is definitive, but from what I see, to, to throw it out there, it uh, looks like Thursday, uh, it, again, you go to the same rotation order, Kyle Freeland against Joe Musgrove. Friday, John Gray against Ryan Weathers. Saturday, Herman Marquez against Hugh Darvish. Two all-star pitchers there. Actually, did Darvish make the team and he just sat out? I'm drawing a blank now. Uh, and then on Sunday, Austin Gomber against Chris Paddock. Man, I, that's... That's what does it. You look at the starting pitching matchups, and that just gets you excited. Yeah, man, it's gonna be some gonna be some fun baseball right up until the bullpen comes into the game every day. So join us for all of that. Each of these next several days should be fun and interesting, and and, you know, especially with the deadline coming up, all that stuff. We shall keep you abreast. I love saying that word Uh, of all of the goings on, and of course, what's happening out there on the field with your. Colorado Rockies. We thank you all for listening in to this episode today. Make sure you're following everyone on social media at Patrick B. Lyons, at Drew Creaseman, at DNVR underscore Rockies, that you're subscribed to the DNVR.com so that you get all the written content, all the discounts, access to the Discord channel, and all the other fun perks that come along with being a member of the DNVR family. We appreciate you all. We can only ask that you continue to be absolutely awesome baseball fans out there. We will continue to be absolutely Patrick Lyons and Drew Creaseman in here. And until next time, we'll see you at the ballpark.